Hello, everyone. I have a quick note before we begin this episode. I believe I said the phrase full moon several, several times in this episode. And this aura healing episode was actually meant for the new moon. So I don't know what happened. You know, this kind of stuff just happens in your brain. You mean new moon and then full moon comes out of your mouth. Um, But just keep that in mind as you are listening to the reading. This is meant for the new moon, which makes a lot of sense because in this episode, we are going to take a look at so many different new ways of bringing more love into our practice, you know, how we can put love at the center of our lives, how we can use that to heal certain aspects of the collective aura and all of that beautiful stuff and really, you know, begin that intention. I did say at the end of the episode, and that's when I realized, I think I've been saying full moon the entire time um, with this new moon cycle, beginning with the new moon, you know, it's going to be really, really important and really, really powerful to pay attention to our unique way of connecting to unconditional love within us and, you know, letting go of what that meant and then, you know, planting those new seeds, so to speak. So as I was saying that, I realized I've been saying full moon the entire time. Um, But that's all that you need to know. Know that every time I say full moon, I do, I am referring to the new moon, which is when this will be released. And that is about it. You know, the mother showed up in this aura. And what's funny about that is the message that came through her was all about grace and patience. And so while it was frustrating that I made this mistake, I was like, it's okay. Just record a new intro and have some grace and patience for yourself. So I'm putting that into practice right now. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Imaginal Space Podcast. My name is Catherine Perry, and if you're new, welcome. And if you have listened before, welcome back. Thank you so much for choosing to share space with me again. So this episode is for the full moon. Happy full moon. And I decided recently that on the four key phases of the moon, so waxing, waning, new and full, I would do an aura reading. The funny thing about that is I found that this was like the most natural way for me to podcast, share my voice, etc. And so I've also been doing them not on the full moon, which is or on like any key phase of the moon. But I mean, the moon is always in phase. So I guess it uh, I guess it's all it is always being done that way anyway. um, But yeah, basically, I was having so much fun doing this that, you know, I've been doing more than the intended four episodes a month, and I'm still playing around with the format, you know, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't. But what does seem to work really well is just doing an aura reading every single episode. And the beauty in the aura reading is since the way that I read auras, one layer of them is through archetypes. So we all know what archetypes are. Um, The way that I read them is a little bit different. Um, 
they're very, very beautiful in that they just offer this personal yet impersonal timeless wisdom. So they're personal in that we can all that we can, you know, deeply connect to them and impersonal in that we can all connect to them, which is really, really cool. And so they've been a beautiful way for me to read the current aura. And so today, you know, we'll be looking at the aura of, you know, what this full moon has to bring us. And if you're not entirely sure, you know, what it is that I'm talking about, if, you know, if you're just new and you're like, hmm, you know, what is this? Um, just treating it, treat it as an aura healing, treat it as an aura reading session. Just listen, take it all in. The one thing that I do ask before we get started is that, you know, you take, I take the time. So I just, I love to take the time to set up the space and basically set my intention, you know, for whatever it is that I want to receive from the aura. So again, auras are simultaneously personal and impersonal, you know, there's something that we can all learn, you know, on a personal level from auras, but since we can all learn it, that's what makes them impersonal as well. So no matter what intention that you have, there's something, you know, there's wisdom for you within the aura, you know, and I've really enjoyed doing the aura readings and exploring, you know, that multidimensional quantum aspect of the aura. And if you still have no idea what I'm talking about, just give it a listen, you know, for first 10 minutes or so, you know, when we dive in and it'll make more sense. But for now, we're going to take the time to take a couple of deep breaths and then, you know, you're going to set up the space for yourself. So again, that's just setting your intention. That is, you know, knowing what it is that you want to call in, what it is that you want to release. You know, if there's someone you want to share space with, you can do that too. Whatever it is that you want to do, you know, we're going to do that now. And if you need more time, just pause it because I only take, I know my intention, so I only take like a couple of seconds. So if you need more time to really settle in and really pay attention to, you know, what's on your mind, what's on your heart, absolutely just take the time because that's how you receive the most love from the aura is knowing, you know, what am I genuinely, you know, what do I genuinely need to be paying attention to right now on this full moon? So with that, let's take a couple of deep breaths and then we will get started. All right, perfect. So right now in front of me, I have my intention and I also have the aura. So I am looking at six cards. And so the first the first card that jumps out at me, well, there are like three cards, but if you've listened to any of the previous podcast episodes, Agape has been in, I think a couple, I want to say a couple of aura readings now. So Whenever I I draw these cards uh, in real time, unless mentioned otherwise. So when there's a card that, you know, consistently shows up in the aura, I like to say we're in like a season with that card, you know? So agape, unconditional love, has been showing up in the aura a lot lately. And then we've also, there are two other cards here and then there. Are th so basically half of this aura is um, our cards that we've seen before which means that they're, you know, we're still in a season with them. We're still like building a relationship with them. You know, they're still important to pay attention to. So we have Agape, the Offering, and the Pilgrim that have shown up in previous readings before. And so whenever Agape comes up, 
I guess we'll just we'll start there because that's been, you know, coming up a lot lately. Um, Agape calls us to pay attention to, you know, what's at the center of our life's practice. And if you've listened before, bear with me. But it's so important to always maybe that's why it's coming up is, you know, even though for me as a podcaster, I don't ever want to like repeat information, you know. And that's what's interesting about the aura as well. You know, even though like the um, these three cards, so Agape, the Offering, and the Pilgrim, they have come through before. Different cards in different combinations in different spaces within the aura, they bring out different dimensions of one another. So actually in the last aura, in one of the more recent aura readings, there was Agape in the Offering. But I don't know if we've necessarily seen Agape and the Pilgrim or Agape and, you know, the other cards. So even if the same card comes through over and over again, again, as a podcaster, you want to provide variety in, you know, whatever it is that you're talking about and whatever it is that you're presenting. But again, the interesting thing about these cards is that the same archetype can come through like, okay, Agape could come through in every single aura reading that I ever do for the rest of my life. And I would never be done learning about it, you know, because it bounces off of the energies of the different cards in different ways. You know, they all interact with each other in different ways. Every single time different wisdom comes through. However, with Agape, what's also interesting about it is again, this main question of what is at the center of my life's practice? What is at the center of my spiritual practice and like taking the time to reevaluate that every single time your answer might be different, you know, because we change. So if you listened, I mean, this was like a couple of days ago, so you might not have, maybe you did change that much, you know, I don't know. Um, but we, we evolve a lot, especially when we give ourselves the permission to evolve. So even if we were to ask ourselves the question, you know, what has been at the center of my life, what has been at the center of my life's practice, my healing practice, my spiritual practice, that could change day to day if you were really just on it and you were really giving yourself permission to evolve, permission to change, and you were actively making changes every single day. Asking yourself that same question every single day is an incredibly powerful practice because what it does, especially with agape, agape calls you to call attention to what is at the center of your practice and then always challenging yourself to put God, unconditional love, source, spirit at the center of your practice instead, you know, and making sure it's the ultimate devotion card. It's the ultimate service card. It's the ultimate, again, unconditional love card. And so that's the challenge of agape. And again, it's a huge initiation card. It's the only initiation card in this aura. Um, the initiation cards are like the major arcana or the trump cards of the entire deck, you know, very big energies, very big movers and shakers. And so this card in particular just calls you to always be recentering in love, always be recentering in God and always, you know, be paying attention to that. So that's agape and that is where we will start. So keep that in mind for the duration of this podcast, you know, what is at the center of my life's practice, healing practice, spiritual practice, and what would it be like if I put the God or, oh, that's, oh, that just kind of snuck in there. All right. So we have Agape and the Starborn, which is interesting. So I don't actually think that the Starborn has come through yet 
on this podcast. So it, it is new. So I guess I'll spend a little bit of, you know, some extra time with it. So the Starborn, okay, the, the story behind the Starborn archetype is that we all come into this life with some sort of blueprint, you know? So if you're into any of those languages like astrology, numerology, you know, something that gives you like a birth chart or something that tells you, you know, about like who you are and like what you're meant to do. That's kind of the story and the energy of the starborn. And it's all, I think there's a lot of starborn energy right now in the collective in general. Um, and there has been, I want to, you know, for like the past, whatever, five years, especially within the past five or so years, um, maybe even further back than that, you know, it's the idea of getting to know yourself on a soul level. If you've ever heard of that before, you probably if you're listening to this podcast, you know, it's about auras, et cetera, archetypes. You've definitely heard of these concepts before. So agape and the starborn together. Remember what I said about agape? You know, what if you put, you know, God at the center of your practice? What if you put love or source at the center of your practice? The starborn is, again, it's the card of knowing who you were if, if you believe in it, but you know, the story is really nice too. If you believe that you existed, you know, before, you know, this third dimensional existence before, you know, this third dimensional incarnation on earth, if you believe that you exist outside of that, that's you, you know, as an expression of love. And so agape and the starborn together is not only putting God at the center of your practice, but putting the God within everyone at the center of your practice, which I think is really beautiful. So if you're anything like me, you believe that, you know, I believe personally that God, source, spirit, the universe, whatever, that's everywhere. That's within everyone, everything. That's what this entire world is made of, you know? So this, I, I really love, 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 love this combination because I, I think it's just, it creates the most special, it, it allows you to create relationships on a soul level. And if you've listened to this podcast before, you know that I'm absolutely obsessed, you know, with like looking at relationship and deepening relationship and allowing more love to flow through relationship and focusing on, you know, how we can receive love in relationship and how we can give it. So I really, really love these two cards together again. If you were to think of a phrase for them, it's about putting and what it does. Actually, let's swing over to the offering a little bit here because that's also a fun combination. The offering and agape together, again, it's taking yourself just out of the center of your life, you know? So, and that goes really, really well with agape and the starborn in terms of, again, honoring honoring the God within you. Like, think about, um, I would say, actually, you know what? The Starborn goes on two levels, you know, in two different directions. So there's, I was thinking of the Starborn, you know, at first in terms of other people. So honoring the God within other people. And then the Starborn really, plus Agape, speaks to honoring the God within yourself, you know? And I think that's one of the most beautiful things that we can do is get to know ourselves as God, source, spirit, creation. And that's what the Starborn is. The Starborn is, you know, your 
cosmic birth story of who you are as pure creation. And that seems to be really, really popular right now in a way that I'm really, really happy and excited about, you know, and that's what I was saying earlier about like astrology, numerology, anything with like a birth chart or like human design or something like that. That's like getting to know yourself as an expression of pure source. I love doing that. Like that was like my favorite thing for such a long time. And I'm actually going to take it a step further and say that it's also really important to know who you are as an expression of source in your own language. You know, so let's say, and all languages, they all create, you know, one another, they all derive from one another. So let's just say you were really into astrology. It would be the example here would be to take whatever it is that you know about astrology, you know, go deeper develop your own relationship with astrology, you know, learn new things, you know, dip into the unknown, dip into the impossible, make it known, make it possible and create something new with whatever it is that, you know, and then translate that energy, translate your starborn energy into that language. I think there's nothing more beautiful than knowing yourself as an expression of source in your own language. There's just something really, really cool about that. So that's agape and the starborn. It's knowing the God within you, within your own language of love, and then knowing the God within everybody else, within your own language. That's a very, very, no, that's such a beautiful thing. All right, and then we have agape and the offering. So again, agape and the offering, they're very, very big service cards. You know, they are linked in this energy of not necessarily putting your e I'm, I'm gonna okay so whenever i say ego i just mean like you as like a third dimensional expression okay so for instance the difference between you know what i was talking about before would be okay if you put the god within you first and you put the god within everybody else first that's not the same as putting yourself as like a third dimensional expression or putting your ego first because they are like, they are two different things. Like they're, it's weird. They're one and the same and they're two different things. Um, because you, you are 100%, like I believe, you know, in my practice, you are a quantum being. So you are, you include, you know, there's the God within you, the love within you, the source, the spirit. And then there's also, you know, your ego, your third dimensional personality. Like you are all of those things, you know? So the agape and the starborn calls to paying attention to the God within you a little bit more, you know, around this time. And then that just allows you to tap into the offering in a different way. You know, when you're not necessarily putting, again, agape, you know, what is it that you're putting at the center of your practice? You know, what is it that you're really devoting your life to? That's the question of agape. What is it that you're devoting your life to? What is it that you're devoting your time, your energy, your love what are you devoting this moment to? Those are all questions that agape calls you and invites you in to answer. And then looking at the offering, once you start asking agape's questions or an <laughs> asking and answering agape's questions, it gradually just, it puts you in this, in this space of love and that makes it a lot easier to access your offering, you know, and kind of in the last aura reading, we really talked about 
transforming every single opportunity in this life into an offering, you know, and how can you offer your love in every single way? And it like, I really love that episode because it spoke to, you know, it wasn't just about like creativity or like, um, like working or like business or like in a money or like in like an enterprise sort of way, but also just like in relationship. Like I said, I really, really love, you know, taking a look at relationships. You know, that's a lot of fun to me. And then the starborn and the offering together, that's finding, again, your own unique offering. You know, so again, the starborn is the archetype. It's the story of we all came here with a unique multidimensional blueprint. We all have that. And also within the starborn, it's the story of that no two blueprints are alike, you know? So that is to say that I could, like, I can never be replicated. You know, me as a multidimensional being, you know, composed of, you know, with all of the spirits and the love and the ancestry and the history, you know, behind my being, I could never be replicated. You know, so we are all infinitely unique. We are all infinitely complex. So that's the starborn. And the starborn plus the energy of the offering is we all have a, that since we all have a unique identity, like a unique blueprint or like a fingerprint, that's a perfect example. You know, we all have like a unique identity as in like, I'm pretty sure no two fingerprints are exactly the same. We all also have like a unique offering. So that's why it's really, really important to look at the energy of agape and the starborn, you know, putting God at the center of your practice understanding the God within you, understanding the God within everybody else too, you know? So understanding that you have your own unique offering, everybody else has their own unique offering as well, and that no offerings are meant to be alike, you know? I believe, I've also mentioned this before, but again, I think it's really, really important that we all start honoring that diversity and that individualization, you know, within our own offerings and within our own practices. You know, it's the same thing with agape. The way in which we can honor love, God, the universe, um, source in our lives, spirit in our lives, that's all different. You know, no two ways look exactly the same, you know, and it's the same way in which, you know, falling in love, that's not the same either. You know, I think that's like one of the most simple but beautiful examples is, you know, you know how you can never ask anybody or basically if you've ever asked anybody, you know, what does falling in love feel like? You know, they could describe to you kind of in metaphor, like it feels like this or it feels like that and they can describe it in that way. But you will only really know if you feel it for yourself. That's the same with agape, you know, it's the same effect of, you know, what is it really like to put God at the center of your practice? What is it really like to put spirit at the center of your at the center of your practice, you know, what does that really look like? That's something that you can only do or that's something that you can only know if you do it yourself. You know, you can never ask anybody else the question like, okay, well, how do I put God at the center of my practice? How do I put unconditional love at the center of my practice? There's just no, there's no one way to do it. And that's why I love also agape in the starborn because it points to, Again, you will develop your own relationship with love in your own way, and it will be yours, and it will be uniquely yours in the same way that your unique offering, you know, that comes from this space of love and comes from this space of not necessarily putting 
you know, your mind, your ego, your third dimensional personality at the center of your life, that's where it blossoms from. So that's, again, that's agape and the offering together. You know, that comes from honoring God instead of honoring just like your mind or your third dimensional experiences. So we have another card, the pilgrim. And right now the starborn in combination with the pilgrim is jumping out at me. So I'm going to start there. So the pilgrim is the card of the, um, the inner journey is reflected in the outward journey. It's the macrocosm microcosm card. And I really love the pilgrim and the starborn together because what that points to is it's really, really like this in particular points to it's time to be looking a little bit more closely, like getting closer to the starborn. It's time to go on that journey, you know, whatever that means to you. You know, actually, that goes really well with agape and the starborn. Let's look at those three together because they all they all go really, really well together. So the pilgrim and the starborn, just, just the two of them, points to, you know, going, really taking the time to go on that inward journey and learn, you know, who you are as an expression of the starborn archetype. So again, that just points to looking, going deeper, looking at, you know, your inner blueprint in whatever language that you want. And again, it's even cooler if you can look at it in your own language and kind of figure it out in your own way. That's the pilgrim in the starborn. You know, really, really taking the time, and this is the macrocosm aspect of this of the pilgrim, is getting to know yourself as the starborn. And then as you get to know yourself as the starborn and you get to know your blueprint, you get to know like, you know, your you as an expression of love, aka the starborn and agape. The pilgrim, with the pilgrim and the offering, what's going to start happening is, so again, pilgrim and starborn, that's the microcosm. The pilgrim and the offering, that's the macrocosm. So as you go on the journey of refining yourself and, you know, learning who you are as a multidimensional being, learning about that multidimensional blueprint as an expression of love, that deepens, you know, the specificity of your offering. That deepens, you know, how you are able to learn about your unique offering. And then the pilgrim and love, um, unconditional love, agape, simultaneously, you know, as you're learning about yourself as a starborn, you're also you're just learning about yourself as love. And you're learning, again, about your offering and you're just learning more and more about what it means, again, to put the God within, you know, yourself at the center of your practice, the God within other people at the center of your practice. And just that is like that just becomes a deeper and deeper inward journey. So I would say the pilgrim and agape and the pilgrim and the starborn, that's a little bit more inward just for how it's coming through right now. I mean, the pilgrim and agape can also be outward because it's not only it, it, that that's kind of both because when you, the more you show love to yourself, your individuality, the more you show love to others too. So, all right. So the pilgrim and agape, that's both the micro, that's the microcosm and the macrocosm meeting together. You know, agape joins them together. While again, as you get to know yourself more and you understand who you are, you know, on that soul level. And the, spe- okay, the special thing about the starborn is that really it's another way of saying, like, let me know who I am 
beyond all of this third dimensional stuff, you know, that I'm constantly sifting through every single day. That's what this card is. That's what it's calling you to pay attention to. You know, it's calling you to pay attention to you in your purest form and really, really knowing who you are. That's why I said, again, if you believe it's just even if you didn't believe in um, like any story, you know, relating to the fact that or the idea, not the fact, um, the idea that we existed before outside of a human body as a soul, as a spirit, you know, whatever it is that you want to call it. The idea, again, it's less about, you know, whether or not that language is for you, because that's what it is. It's a language to describe this world. And if it does work for you, that's great. And if it doesn't, you don't need the stubborn is a perfect example of how you don't necessarily like need to believe in that for the story to be useful to you. Because all it is, is knowing yourself before all of what people would usually say, the third dimensional conditioning, you know, again, knowing yourself as a pure, you know, unaltered, unconditioned, unconditional love, you know, that's it, you know? So before, you know, you started growing up and like before all of your third dimensional like experiences and history, that's what this card just, that's all that it is. You know, it's just knowing you at the core. So whether or not you're like, oh, we were souls before this and we had like past lives, if none of that is for you, you really, really don't need to believe in that to really leverage the power of this archetype. Again, this archetype is solely the idea of knowing who you are beyond just knowing exactly who you are beyond all of the labels and all of the conditioning, et cetera, et cetera. Why is that important? So we have the Venom up next. And the Venom is one of those cards that it's it's one of the key cards for this entire space. It's one of my key guides, you know, in this life. The Venom is so, so important to me. So the Venom is the card of ending the cycle of violence, ending the cycle of pain, you know, that we and ending the cycle of hatred that we constantly spread to one another. And this is uh, this card is in the collective aura. So we're looking at this in or the sorry, the collective part of the aura. Um, so, yeah, we're looking at this in with with respect to the collective right now. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but there is a lot of archetypal venom just within the collective aura in general. And what all of these cards, I love every single one of these cards with respect to the venom because they all point to ways in which we can heal the venom in this collective aura and just like put a stop to it, you know? So let me start with agape, agape and the venom. That one's a very clear cut, you know, very easy way to understand how we can it's just one way of how we can heal the venom. So agape plus the venom is, you know, really, again, knowing the love within ourselves, knowing the love within one another. That allows us to, you know, kind of put everything aside. Again, agape is again, agape is, ta- is the card of devoting yourself to love. So that does mean leaving your ego behind. In fact, Agape, the offering, the starborn, and the mother. That's the last card that's in here. That those are all cards of leaving your ego behind. 
And that's really, really important with the venom. So the venom, like we've all been in venom situations where we can clearly understand that, you know, the way in which somebody's interacting with us, it's not really them. It's the archetypal venom within them. And so agape is extremely, extremely powerful in making sure. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is very, very important. So we can't just gloss over this. So again, knowing this is what I was saying with the starborn, the pilgrim and agape in terms of the individuality in understanding how you put God, how you put love at the center of your practice, because love is the most powerful form of just ending the venom. And then the rest of them are kind of examples of how we can get there. But knowing exactly how it is that you access that wellspring of unconditional love within you, that's how you stop the venom. So let me give you an example. So uh, really, really random. If someone, um, I feel like this all, this can all happen to, you know, us at some point, you know, because people just have their bad days. But if you were driving, if you have a car or if you've ever driven a car, I don't know, or maybe you like live in like a city and you just don't even need a license or a car. Or maybe you just don't have one, you know? Uh, I don't have a car, but I've driven before. And, you know, there I've driven so many times where there are just like upset people on the road and they're just having a bad day, you know? And like, you can just tell that they're having a bad day or, or maybe you, you know, you're the one that's having a bad day on the road. I've been with so many, so many of my friends have like road rage and I have to constantly remind them, you know, people are not necessarily intending just to like piss you off on the road. Okay. But again, back to the fictitious example, you know, let's just say that like, you know, you're driving and somebody just cuts you off, you know, because that can happen. You know, sometimes people are in a hurry. They're like, let me get into that like lane, you know, all the way over there. And they just like cut you off. And you're like, what? Like, why would they do that? The way that you would, it's a very minor example, but that's like one of the ways in which you can stop the venom right there. Because again, I've had so many people where somebody just cuts them off it's not pleasant, you know, it's not preferable in any way, but then they talk about it for the next 20 minutes about how that person cut them off. And I'm like, dude, like we don't even know, you know, what that person was doing. Maybe they were in a hurry, you know, you've no idea what was going on in that other car. And let's just stop it right there because what could happen if I wasn't, or if anybody, because I've seen other people do it. And I'm like, thank you. You know, we're on the same page with this, you know, people that just so, show so much grace and love and patience while driving. Um, What happens if you don't stop that in its tracks? You know, I've been in traffic and I'm like frustrated probably because I'm late. You know, I'm never frustrated in traffic unless I'm like getting back late somewhere. But if I, if someone like, I don't know, nearly like hit like my car or something, if I were driving, you know, and like I got really upset, I have a choice you know, have a choice to show that person love and grace and just be like, you know what? I don't know what's going on over there. You know, they might be in a hurry. You know, I just, I have no idea. You know, either way, I can imagine all of these different scenarios, but at the end of the day, I just don't know. And I can stop the venom right there in its tracks in myself because what if I just took that home? You know, what if I took that to like my friends? 
And I was like, oh my God, this person nearly ran into me in traffic. You know, that's spreading venom. So that's like a light example, you know, of how like, but it is an example of how you can stop it within yourself. Or if you're interacting with someone, like we all have, again, bad days sometimes just at the grocery store. You know, sometimes I go to the grocery store, you know, I don't really want to talk to anybody. You know, I've just got like headphones in. I'm just like, I just want to zone out, enjoy like, I don't know, picking up groceries, whatever, you know. And then, you know, sometimes people just snap at you at the grocery store. You know what you don't do? And this is just an example of the Venom card. You don't snap back. You know, Agape is the card of no matter what people do, no matter what people say, you stop the Venom right in its tracks and you send love back to them and you send love to yourself and then you move on your merry way. That's the way to stop the venom. Again, if someone snaps at you at the grocery store and then and a very light and silly example, but it it just it speaks so well to the transference of energy and how, you know, you every single opportunity that you interact with someone, you have the chance to amplify more love or to withhold it. And if you withhold it, the venom kind of seeps in because if somebody got upset with me, I could take that home spread that spread that venom and it might just change form. So that's the other like cool, but like difficult part of the venom card with respect to the collective aura, because the venom as an archetype, archetypes can look any way and they can sound any way and they can take any expression, any form. So going back to our like car grocery store example, Let's say somebody cut me off in the traffic or like nearly hit me and I'm just like, I'm so upset. I'm so, so upset. And then I go to the grocery store and I snap at someone. I spread the venom. All right. And it wasn't, I didn't snap at them because they cut me off in traffic. But the archetypal venom of what happened in the traffic earlier is now spreading to the grocery person And then like that or like, yeah, like whoever's in the grocery store and then the person from the grocery store, if they don't stop the venom in its tracks, it might transform into something else. You know, it's always moving. It's it's like shifting and it's changing. So we got a little bit of shapeshifter energy here, although the shapeshifter is not in this spread, but that is another archetype. So maybe they take that home with them and then maybe they snap at like, I don't know, their partner. But it maybe they think that they're snapping at their partner and like for something else, you know, they're like, oh, you never, I don't know, take out the trash, you know, whatever it is that people argue about, you know, it could be that. And little do they know, you know, that was only kind of activated with like I had the power to stop it all the way back at the traffic. So if I stopped it when I was in traffic, I wouldn't have snapped at the person at the grocery store or if I just or if the person at the grocery store, and this is where it gets doubly interesting, we all have the opportunity to stop the venom in its tracks at any given point. So even if someone does pass it on to you, you have the opportunity to stop it. So it started with me. In this example, I pass it to the person in the grocery store. I had a choice. You know, I didn't have to pass it on to them, but I did, you know, and you know what? Sometimes it just happens, you know? Sometimes we're not all like whatever our highest selves and we just, we just like forget. Okay. Or we snap and we do whatever. And then, you know, it it just happens sometimes, you know, that's happened to me before, you know, it happens to everybody because we're all human beings and we all, again, we all have this archetype within us. But again, what's interesting about archetypes is that 
we all have them within us so we can all choose you know are we going to engage with the light expression of this card or the shadow expression the shadow expression of the venom is allowing it to spread so i passed it on to the grocery store person from the grocery store they have a choice there as well they can like shut that down immediately again with love and say you know what that person's clearly had a day maybe she was stuck in traffic I don't know, but I'm not going to bring this home with me or, and that's the light expression, you know, releasing it and just letting it go instead of letting it run rampant. But if they choose the shadow expression within, then yeah, they go home and they spread it. And then maybe that person brings it to work. And then maybe like another person from their workplace uh, brings it to the movie theater. You know, you get the point by now, but all of these cards, all of them are ways of preventing venom from spreading. So that's agape. That's one way. And again, agape and the pilgrim, that's really, really important to know. You know what's coming through for me about actually actually agape and the venom right now is it's another way of saying, you know, just like protecting your energy. And I know that sounds like, and honestly for me, I didn't really like when people said that because I was like, that's just so intangible. You know, could you please give me an example? However, again, like I said about the example of falling in love in agape and how falling in love is like a really great metaphor for, you know, how it is that you put God at the center of your practice. Nobody can tell you how to do either one of those things. So again, the pilgrim and agape is really taking the time to go on that inner journey and you need to know. It's like you need to know how it is that you tap into that unconditional love wellspring within yourself so that if you ever meet the venom, you just know how to, again, protect your energy, stop it in its tracks, you know, wrap it around with love and just like keep it dormant. Again, we all, it's not about making the venom go away. We all have the venom within us. We all have the other 77 archetypes within us. It's just, are we activating the light or the shadow within one another? So back to my ridiculous example of me and the person from the grocery store, if I chose to stop the venom in its tracks and show it love, I'm acting, I'm activating the light side, the light expression of the venom within myself. And then also the light expression of the venom within them, because little do they know that's not being spread to them. If I activate the shadow expression within myself and try and pass it on, they have a choice of activating the light expression, which would be stop it in its tracks or the shadow, and that would be internalizing it and bringing it to somebody else. So that's the beautiful part of having these archetypes within us is that we have a choice of whether we want to activate the light expression or the shadow expression, and that allows us to you know, really choose how it is that we are interacting and creating with love. So that's agape and the venom. And like I said, the other cards are other ways of preventing the venom from spreading. So the starborn, the starborn is a beautiful example of how just understanding who you are as love outside of all of this third dimensional, you know, craziness, you know, sometimes sometimes for people just knowing, you know, themselves as love is enough to stop the venom, you know? So if you're, again, standing there or 
sitting in traffic and you're like, you feel yourself, yourself, you know, getting upset. Channeling the starborn in that moment is just reminding yourself, you know what, this is who I really am. This is who I am as an expression of love. I don't need to engage in this anymore because that's just not really me. So that would be kind of the starborn and a little bit of agape in action because starborn, the starborn is inherently understanding yourself as love and expressing that, you know, as much as possible and tapping into that expression, that dimension of yourself. Then there's the offering and the venom, also an interesting combination, you know, so the offering in terms of the archetype, you know, making every single moment an offering, you can view it as, you know, if you're the one sitting in traffic, someone nearly slams into your car, you can look at it in terms of giving an offering, you know, to yourself and to the other person, you know, just removing yourself, removing your ego. Again, I said a lot of these cards are removing, and that's like a huge cure for the venom in terms of, and when I say cure, I just mean choosing the light expression is removing your ego from the situation. So actually back to the starborn for a minute, I said one I said one side of it, or I explained one side of it. I didn't do the other. Um, another way to stop the venom from spreading would be to honor, again, the love within that other person, you know? So if I'm like sitting there and I'm just like, you know, tap, tap, tapping away to the music that I'm listening to and someone nearly hits me or like rear ends me or something, you know, understanding that that person behind the wheel is not necessarily, you know, just their third dimensional actions, you know, they are made of love too. And I need to do my part and honor the love within them. That would also be the starborn. So um, that person at the grocery store, you know, if they saw me like snapping at them, they would have a choice too, you know, looking at the starborn and the venom to say, you know what? I know who I am as the starborn. And again, and again, the power of the starborn is you don't necessarily need to know all of the nitty gritty details about you know, who someone is and as an expression of love. If you know it within yourself, so that's the pilgrim in the starborn. If you really, really take the time, okay, and you seriously take the time to go on that inner, that microcosm journey, and you understand yourself 100% as the starborn, you can also just understand other people as the starborn as well without knowing, you know, exactly what that expression is, you know? So just by knowing yourself, outside all of this, outside all of the distractions, you can just appreciate, you know, how that is in other people. So that person at the grocery store, you know, I'm like apparently going off at them, you know, in this fictitious example, but they would have the opportunity there to say, you know what, I've done my investigation, you know, or <laughs> investigating, I've done my exploring in terms of the pilgrim, you know, knowing who I am outside of all of this. I know that potential is within you too. So I'm just going to stop it right there and understand that, you know what, you're just not being yourself. Really cool. Um, but back to the offering. Um, you know what's coming through for the venom in the offering specifically is the understanding that if you choose to spread venom, you know, again, by putting your ego first, you're not giving your offering. And the interesting thing about the offering as an archetype is your offering, again, in conjunction with the starborn, 
it's independent of space and time. So what does that mean? Like all of the other archetypes, they are spaceless and timeless. They can exist in all of us. You know, we can all, you know, experience the same archetypes at the same time. There's not only that, but again, the starborn, it's you. Again, not wrapped up in, not necessarily anchored in third dimensional reality. So it's you, you know, like not tied to any third dimensional labels. So you within your starborn blueprint, it couldn't say, it wouldn't be necessarily like, oh, I'm a lawyer because that's dependent on space, time, and like uh, this reality and there even being like lawyer jobs. You know, that wouldn't be necessarily a part of your starborn blueprint, you know? Um, Something that could be is, you know, I don't know, spreading like generosity or something like that, you know, because you have an opportunity to do that wherever you go, no matter what you're doing. So that's what I'm saying. So that is the same. It's it's the same thing with the offering. So your offering wouldn't necessarily be a concrete, material, physical thing because the offering as an archetype, as an archetype, not a third dimensional story, the offering as an archetype speaks to what can you offer in every single moment, okay? So as for the venom and the offering, those two together point out that if you... When you choose to put your ego aside, you are able to give your offering in that moment again to stop the venom. But there is no way that you can, you know, again, have God at the center of this moment and be giving your offering and be spreading the venom, you know, and consciously be spreading the venom. You know, it's like your choice to stop it. A part of the offering is... You know, it's just you giving love in whatever unique way you're meant to give it. So if you're consciously, you know, spreading like hatred and pain, you're not in your offering. So that the offering is just a good archetype in terms of understanding that, you know, if you are spreading the venom consciously, you are not tapped into the offering and you are not tapped into agape, you know, And if you're the kind of person that's like, I always want to be in the offering energy. I always want to be giving my offering no matter what I'm doing. I want God to be at the center of my practice. You can't be spreading, you know, like hatred and the venom like consciously and be doing that at the same time, you know. And then there's the mother. So we haven't really talked about the mother, you know, so far, but the mother and the venom, that's like really, really special, you know, because the mother as an archetype, I'm learning so, so much about the mother. And like I said, the venom is a card that was integral in creating this space in the first place. So I'm like, how do I describe the mother? Because it's so, I've learned so, so much about um, this archetype in general. The mother is the card. It's pure love and pure acceptance. It's the divine feminine card. It's the great mother card. And I love this card because it's the story. And I love that the mother and the starborn showed up together um, because that really offers a unique perspective. The mother is the card of acknowledging that we, oh, especially like the mother and agape. I didn't even look at those two together. Um, The mother and agape together is like, we are all God's children. We, or we all come from spirit 
source or we are all dimensions of spirit. That's the mother and agape together. Uh, the mother and the starborn together is, ref- again, refining and having that just the the starborn is understanding who you are as an expression of love. So the mother, remember everything that I said earlier about, again, honoring the God within everyone and honoring, you know, them as an expression of love, that also really goes with, that ties into the mother and the starborn. You know, so that the mother's energy has been woven throughout this aura reading already. But the mother and the venom in particular, the mother and the venom is taking the time to understand that, I mean, and and you can do this in like whatever way or describe this in any way that you want. You can you can look at it in two ways. You can understand that, you know what? We are all God's children, so we all need to be looking out for one another. We are all expressions of source, so we all need to be looking out for one another and stop the venom in that way. And then there's also something, you know, very, very beautiful about just the understanding that everyone you know, within this third dimensional reality, everybody in some way could have potentially have been your child. And if you had a child, would you want to spread the venom to them? You know, so the mother and agape are tied together in a really special way in terms of agape is the card of, again, expanding your ability to love and serve. And the mother is all about the eternal challenge of love. And it's radical love. It is radical acceptance. You know, just in terms of understanding that, you know, we are all human. And again, we all have the venom within us. And like I said earlier, you know, sometimes we'll catch it and we'll stop it in its tracks and, you know, release it with love, release it with unconditional love, agape energy. And then sometimes we won't catch it, you know, and that's okay. So there's two things in there. You know, the mother and the venom you know, on a personal level is understanding that there are times where we are human and it'll just slip out and that's okay. You know, we weren't intending for it to. Um, we do, We have a conscious choice. We have a conscious choice always, you know, to spread more love, to put God at the center of our practice, agape. But sometimes things don't go that way and sometimes it just, it slips out and it's an accident, you know, and that's okay as well. And then also giving that grace to other people, you know? So for some people, you know, they might be the most like conscious or whatever person in the world. And then that day they just met you and like, or they saw you or they interacted with you and it just slipped out, you know? And under, and so the mother is really just giving us that grace and that space to like, you know, again, it's like, it comes, sometimes these aura readings, you know, are just so simple in their message in that, you know what, we all make mistakes, we all slip up and that's okay. And then like I touched on earlier, you know, the mother and the venom specifically, the mother, the starborn and the venom, because the starborn, there's like two child archetypes in this deck, the starborn and the eternal child, but there's only two. Oh, three, my bad, there's the orphan too. So there's like three child archetypes in this deck. So whenever I see the mother, Plus like one of those child archetypes. I'm like, okay, we're looking at kind of like mother-child relationships here. Again, if you could just imagine, you know, the mother, I love the mother and this like imagination technique. 
if you could just imagine for one moment that that person was your child, how would you treat them? That's the energy of the mother at play, especially with the Venom and especially with the Starborn. Because the Starborn, again, in this aura is like, it's the child of God card, you know? So the mother and the Starborn is, you know, how are we treating each other as children of source, children of God, or what was I saying? Expressions of source, children of God, you know, sometimes some words like don't necessarily go really well together. That's why, you know, sometimes I'll use like, God for like certain things because I'm like I like that flavor and to me it all it all says the exact same thing or I'll use love in other instances or source or spirit whatever um, but that's what the mother and the starborn is is acknowledging we are all children of God we are all we all come from the same source at the end of the day um, I actually think one of the synonyms for the mother is the source which I think is very very interesting you know it implies that there is one great mother, one energy, the divine feminine, the source, and that's where everything is born from, you know? So that's why the mother and the starborn, that's like, that's quite a magical combination there, you know, to all imagine that, you know, we all came from the great mother's energy. We all have, and we all have the great mother, the mother archetype within us, you know? So imagining it, like connecting to that part of us, you know, connecting to agape, unconditional love, the great mother within us is understanding that we all, in a weird way, if you, if you just don't think about it too much, because the mind just like does not, like kind of can't comprehend these things, but understanding that we all have source within us. So we all come from one another, you know? So, not necessarily in like a third dimensional linear like mother child way, but in that we all have source within us. So we are all we are all creation and simultaneously the result of, you know, what was like created, which is really cool. Um, but all of that aside, you know, you would treat anything that you create with respect and you wouldn't want. So I, I love that lens. I, I do really, really well with that lens anytime like for me personally, and this is, and again, that's why I believe there's so many special cards in here that came through with the Venom. Usually whenever that happens, if the Venom shows up in any spread, I'm like, all right, I got to look at all of the cards, you know, as ways to like, like how you would stop the Venom in its tracks or how you would bring out the light expression of the Venom. That's usually, you know, whenever that whenever the venom shows up in a spread, that's like an important part of the aura and important and an important part of, you know, the overall aura healing is understanding, you know, new and different ways in which we can, you know, understand the collective venom within all of us. And the mother, the mother is just one way. Again, I said that. I re- I can really, really get behind that. For me, it just clicks. It makes sense. And this actually points back to what I was saying about Agape and the Pilgrim and a little bit of the Starborn in understanding that we all have our unique way of putting God at the center of our practice. The mother is mine. You know, that's like my way. Not, not that it like belongs to me or anything like that. But in that, that's like the easiest way for me to just get in that imaginal space. Huh, that's funny. Um, Get into that space of imagination, like imagining, okay, you know, we all have creation within us. So 
and we're all connected, you know, as expressions of creation. You know, we're all connected through the starborn. We're all connected through the mother. We're all connected through agape, right? So for me, you know, using that visualization, imagination technique, okay, what if that person was my child in another life? You know, how would I treat them? You know, and just that potential that snaps me out of it. Okay. That for me, that falls, that makes everything fall into place. And, you know, this is just one example, but if I, you know, again, that that's something I use all the time, all the time, you know, to put, or even just, it doesn't have to be, um, this is worth noting because again, that might not click with everyone. Um, but I'm going to get to my next point in a second understanding, even just the understanding that we all came from somewhere. Okay. So even if you're like, you know, yeah, I don't want to imagine that I'm the mother of like, you know, everyone, like if I have a significant other, I don't want to, or like a partner, I don't want to imagine that I'm their mother. Cause that's just weird. All right. You know, not for you. Um, it, <laughs> cause yeah, I could understand why that would be weird. But what you can do again with the mother is just say that person has a mother or that person has a father or that person is someone's child. Okay. If there is a person in front of you, if there is any form of life in front of you, it came from somewhere. You know, it didn't just sprout out, you know, of nowhere. You know, um, as far as I know, that is not quite possible um, just yet. But um, yeah, the mother with the mother archetype, I think that's extremely, extremely powerful, powerful. And just that's an example, one example for me. Um, that's an extremely powerful practice of just looking at someone and saying either, you know, what if that was my child, you know, in some parallel reality, some parallel universe, whatever, or just a simple understanding that they did come from somewhere. They came from someone, you know, and understanding that they are someone's child too. And so that ties into the starborn a little bit of, let me show them the grace and the patience I would show to anybody's child. My own child, if I had one, by the way, don't have one or anything, you know, remotely like that. Um, But so that to me, that's a beautiful example of agape at work. You know, agape, again, how do I put love? How do I put unconditional love? How do I put God at the center of my practice? How do I put, you know, people, anything as God at the center of my practice? The mother is, that's my way of doing it, you know? And that probably, that like, to me, that sounds, that's perfect for me, you know, with everything that I know that I'm interested, you know, in terms of the mother archetype and spirit babies, like that just makes the most sense to me in every fiber of my being. It just makes the most sense. And for, and what's beautiful about agape is it's not all made to make sense to everyone. Like everybody, again, has their unique way. You know, I have this book on my shelf. It's one of my favorite books. It's, um, it's 112 Meditations. It's an Osho book. Yeah, 112 Meditations. It's a big red book, if I'm remembering it correctly. It's been a while since I've, you know, taken a look at the book. But the idea behind that book is that there are 112 meditations and one of those meditations, quote unquote, unlocks the mystery within. Basically, from what I understand about the book, it's just so you 
kind of understand, I don't even know how you would say that. It says unlock the mystery. Um, I, it's not necessarily, uh, it's, it's so weird to explain, you know, what those meditations do for you. Um, but the premise of the book is that one of those meditations will make sense to you and you'll never look at the world the same way again, but one of them will work. If one of them makes sense to you, it's likely that like you could also connect with another one. But the whole point of the book is, you know, once you find your one way of really understanding this world and like thing like, but also the more you understand about the world, the more you realize like it doesn't make sense. So that's why it's like kind of weird. But yeah, the whole point of the book is that one of those meditations will click with you. You know, it says one of these meditations will be yours. And once you find yours, close the book and just spend your life with that meditation forever. I found my meditation and it just, it changed everything for me, literally everything. But that's kind of the same, like the same weirdness I'm talking about with agape. Everything that I just said about the mother and, you know, imagining what if, you know, that person, you know, with the venom was your child or like just even imagining that they have a mother, you know, that's not for everyone. Agape encourages encourages you to find your way of what is though you know so the mother is special to me it's an example if that made no sense to you and you're like I don't feel it or you know I don't see it or whatever there needs to be a connection there and that's really really important because again agape and the venom together is you need to whatever that way is you need to be able to tap in into it at any moment and it needs to work like And you'll know it's like yours because it'll work all the time, you know? Before I knew anything about the archetypes, anything about auras, whenever I was like faced with a venom situation and I didn't have like the language for it, you know, in this way, I would just reach back and put myself in that meditation. That's what I would like. That's what I would do. And that would... Again, that would take me out. And all those meditations are designed to take your ego like out of the way. And it's a very, very fascinating book. So fascinating. But again, it's all about taking your ego out of the way and understanding how you're connected. And there are apparently 112 ways of doing so. And you'll know because you'll really like for me, I feel so I feel a connection. I feel a change. It might be a little bit different for you, but there will be a connection there. And that is the power of agape. And that's, again, that's what I was saying earlier about tapping into that unconditional, you know, love wellspring. What it's like, it's like finding your key, you know, finding your key, finding your meditation, finding your way. And what's beautiful about that is that, you know, and I keep the meditations book is a beautiful, beautiful example. It's if you like, if you want to like look at it again, 112 meditations um, by Osho, and it's like again, it's a very large book. Okay, there's so many techniques they call them techniques that you can try. Um, but if you already have something like that, then you're you're all good, you know. But whatever allows, it's basically whatever allows you to spread more love. That's what's the most important. And whatever it is that allows you to spread more love in any moment, at any moment's notice, 
That's what's important. That's the energy of agape and the venom. And then what's beautiful about that is whatever way that you have, you know, agape is also, I I was talking about meditation within the context of that book. What this allows you to do anytime that you're, you know, you're taking your ego out of the way, it transforms your entire life into a meditation practice that like, and that's been the most powerful practice for me. Anytime that I have encountered the venom or my ego is 100% in the way, I tap into the power of the mother, which the mother, it goes, coincidentally, the mother actually, maybe not so much. Think of it this way. I had the, um, I received the meditation in that book. I read it. I was like, this is mine. It just like changed the entire, my entire life, my entire perception. Very, very powerful. That meditation translates into the mother energy within my language. So that's what I was saying earlier about the power of, you know, really understanding who you are, you know, as an expression of love in your own language. So learning about the meditation was incredibly powerful for me. That was beautiful. And then I took the time to translate it into my own language. And that's, you know, where the mother came from. So agape and the pilgrim together, again, it's finding it's finding your way of being able to access that feel of meditation at any moment. And again, that's just removing yourself from the center and, you know, finding God everywhere, you know, kind of just to wrap this up. That to me has been one of the most important things that I could ever do. And the world, it really, really does just transform before your eyes. Okay, so I think that's a really nice place to end. You know, you have a little bit of not like homework, but just like something to think about in terms of, you know, finding out what that would be for you again. And you'll know, you'll know if you found it when the next time that you're presented with the venom, you're able to show people, you know, that grace and love and you don't even have to think about it. You know, that's how powerful agape is just in terms of taking, again, taking the time to learn how you love, how you put God at the center of your practice. And then when you are faced with the venom, that's enough. You know what it is? Also, agape and the venom, the venom, the venom isn't a bad card. You know, there are no bad cards. I keep saying that there are light and shadow expressions, but there are no bad cards. And what the venom does is it allows you to put you know, your method, your meditation, whatever, you know, your form of connecting to God to the test, you know, to see if it's really unconditional, to see, you know, if it really, if it works, you know? So the venom allows you to do that. You know, it allows you to, you know, again, back to the pilgrim, go on your own inward journey, learn about who you are as love and learn about how you can give love the offering And learn about how you can always be tapping into unconditional love, you know, because nothing will test your patience like the venom. You know, the venom is not, again, the venom is something that is, it's an archetype. It's always within us. You know, we choose how we want to express it, express it through the light and the shadow. And it gives us the opportunity, you know, the pilgrim agape to really refine how it is that we put God at the center of our practice and how it is that we can really tap into unconditional love. So every single time you meet the venom in someone, you're like, okay, 
this is my opportunity to really be able to tell, am I really putting God at the center of my practice? Am I really devoting myself into unconditional love? Am I really tapped into unconditional love? Rather, the venom is like the ultimate test of that. You know, can you genuinely stop the venom in its tracks? And if you can, you're tapped into unconditional love. And if you haven't, or if you're, you know, still feeling some type of way about it, then that's totally fine. You know, then you just go back to the pilgrim and you have some refinement to do. You know, I explored so many different ways of, you know, connecting to God and putting God at the center of my practice. It wasn't until that meditation and it wasn't until the mother that I really, and the archetype, the mother, you know, those two in combination that I really hit my stride, you know, that's like such a weird way of saying it, but it's true. You know, really wasn't until, you know, understanding that meditation and really, you know, even beginning to understand the mother that I found my way in terms of doing that. And I'm still learning more. I'm still learning different ways. Each archetype has infinite wisdom, infinite ways of expression. Um, you sometimes use like you got to play around with it. You got to be willing, you know, to engage with the pilgrim. That's the card of you know playing around with it, going on, you know, watching, you know, how your inner life changes and then how your outer life changes as a result. Again, the pilgrim, macrocosm, microcosm. You know, so the pilgrim and the venom together. It's like, you know, you're making changes on the inside with respect to agape. If the way that you interact with the archetypal venom within the collective is shifting and the venom within yourself, you know, so that's the mother and the venom, you know, really holding space for yourself and how the venom shows up within you. If you're able, like the the more grace and the more patience, you know, with respect to the mother you can show within yourself, the more you can do that for the collective as well. And that's the energy of the pilgrim at work. It's noticing them both mirror each other as you go through that refinement process and find out, you know, what does, all of this is to say, what does unconditional love look like to you? What does unconditional love as an offering look like to you? What does unconditional love within yourself and within others, the starborn, look like to you? You know, and like going through that journey, the pilgrim, and then how can you use your specific form of unconditional love to heal the venom in the collective? And that's, you know, the venom. And then showing, you know, grace and patience to yourself and to everyone and everyone else. That's the mother. So thank you so, so much, you know, for sharing space with me. We are going to close out the same that we, the same way that we came in with a couple of deep breaths, and then um, you'll be on your way. All right. So yeah, that ending period is always just a moment to say thank you. Thank you to the spirits and the guides that came through to support us in our exploration today. You know, just letting them know that we appreciate them and we appreciate their love and, you know, sharing space with us. And then also it's an opportunity to thank yourself for, you know, choosing to take the time to share space with you, set an intention um, for this full moon. So happy full moon, you know, in terms of just 
you know, the moon phase and, you know, the, the timing of this aura, I think this is a very, very powerful time, you know, to really, again, take a look at how we tap into unconditional love and, you know, what we can do with it and, you know, releasing, you know, whatever, honestly, just releasing whatever it is, whatever preconceived notions we had about, you know, what unconditional love looks like. Again, it's the same as the metaphor where, you know, we would have no problems or maybe, I don't know. Um, it's very easy to understand with the metaphor of, you know, there's no one way to like fall in love. There's no one way to love. So there's no one way to tap into unconditional love either, you know? And so this moon cycle, you know, paying attention to that, um, I think will be especially powerful. So again, thank you so much. I really enjoyed our time together. If you could rate, review, subscribe, that would be amazing. That would be so, so helpful. Otherwise, I will talk to you soon.